0: You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope, where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus.
1: So in light of the past two songs, see a victory and do it again. It's important to remember that victory, the way that we see it, isn't always the way that God is so for these past few months, me and my wife have been in this position where it's like, is he going to do it again? Is he really? Because we're not really seeing a whole lot of what we've been praying for. And we're not really seeing a whole lot of what we have faith for. It's important to remember that whenever he says he works everything to the good of those who love him, sometimes your parents know more than you do. Sometimes daddy knows what's best for you more than you do. And so it's important that in the midst of the struggle and in the midst of, I don't know if he's actually going to come through this time or I don't know what's going to happen. And I might lose my job and this might happen and this might happen to just shut up, sit back and let God do his thing. Because in the end, he will work it out. So there's your little word of encouragement for today.
2: A fast was proclaimed and all of them, from greatest to least, put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink. But let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened.
0: guys can be seated and pray that the Lord will just speak to whatever we need, each of us today, as we dig into that passage a little bit more. Tariq, thanks for reading in Jonah chapter 3. If you have a Bible and want to turn there, we're going to just kind of dig in deeper, kind of verse by verse a little bit, going through that uh, in just a moment. But first, I was just thinking this week about how I got started in all this. Um, Man, I grew up in i am a preacher's kid, and some of y'all know that, our theological offspring— uh, if you know. don't like preachers, gonna be fancy about it. And uh, man, I used to have folks, especially like my grandmother on my dad's side, ask me all the time growing up, "You are gonna be a preacher, right? You're gonna be a preacher just like your dad." And there was other people, but she was the main one. I'm praying for you to be a preacher. And I'm like, no, ma'am, <laughs> there ain't no way. Because I grew up. By the time I was like 13 years old, you see, as a, as a preacher's kid, you see everything about church, especially in those days, because we went every time the door was open. We was there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. If dad was yeah uh, you know, washing the church van we had to be there, what you know it was we were in church all the time, and so you saw the good and the bad and the ugly of side of church and if you've been in church, you know church has got all those sides because church is people not a place right church is not a building it's not a place it's people, and people have good days and bad days and ugly days and that, even when you come to Christ, you have that so church can kind of be that way so I was like there no way I want to do this for my life give my life to like deal with people and all their stuff and and pray for them and encourage them and they're like thank you pastor and then turn around and talk about you behind your back and tear you down because i saw that happen to my dad and i'm like i'm no way i don't want to do that Uh, plus it's kind of intimidating you know to be like i'm not just public speaking standing in front of people i kind of like get that honest naturally but (laughs) this is heavy stuff i mean this is the word of god and you're like to speak forth the word of the Lord. That's a pretty heavy thing. And so I was like, I don't want to do that. And so I actually spent my years like preparing to do other things. I was going to be a professional wrestler. That's right. <laughs> that wasn't going to work out because I looked at like reality of what that lifestyle is like. I said, I oh, no. Then I was I was pretty good at football. I played for West Monroe High School, West Monroe Ribs, and. Uh, I was pretty good until I got an injury and, and uh, junior year, so I didn't even play senior year. And the coaches were all like, "Can't believe you didn't play because you know you had your most potential of all of our defense to like get looked at to get a scholarship." It's like nobody said you can play in the NFL, but there was very much a good chance I could get into college and get it paid for, which now all the student loans I got I could use that. But but I didn't, but I wasn't gonna play football, which is something else I wanted to do. And I was like, well, let me go to college and get see what I want to do. I could be a sports broadcaster. So I majored in communications when I first started. And I was like, this is boring. <laughs> I want to do this. So I got into theater. And for like three years, I did everything that was connected to theater. It was and you acting, putting on plays, directing, stage, makeup, lights, backstage, building stages. It was like I was into that. I'm like, this is what I'll do. And I was like, what you're, I'm not good enough to like actually make it as an actor, like to go to Broadway or whatever, because you have to be really, really good, because we had some folks that were there from Broadway that came and did some internships with us, and it was like, nowhere near good enough to do this, but I could be a professor, right? It's like, if you can't do it, teach it. I was like, okay, I'll be a professor, I'll do that. And it was just like, there was no passion there. And I dropped out, started working in retail. I was working in retail the whole time, actually, full time. And I started working like up that up, and I became an assistant manager for a music retail store, which they don't even have anymore. It sells CDs and cassettes and uh, even records, but that was way before. y'all don't even know what that is. But so so where I was doing I as assistant manager, and the, and I remember the day the manager came to me and said, "You know what? You could do this. You got you got you're, you're pretty good with this kind of thing, and you will never get rich, but you'll have you'll be you'll have a good life." If you, can, if you want to be in retail, in the management level, uh, make this your career. And I was like, okay, I'll do that, I kinda like it. And on the side, I was DJing in a club. And I was like, I was loving that, cause I love music and I was having a lot of fun with that. And I was just like doing all the stuff I wanted to. And by this time we've been married a, f- a few years, Shelly and I, um, so about four years into our marriage, we're on a trip, we're driving on Interstate 40 in Arkansas between, uh, just outside of Little Rock, like you're heading in towards where Hot Springs is. And I just remember driving, she's asleep, we've been on the road for a few hours, and she's like, and I'm like, just have been drawn closer to God, because I had really been away from God for quite a while. And over the last couple of years, since we got married, till about this time, four years into our marriage, I've been drawn a a lot closer to God, actually. Getting back in church, I'd kind of quit going to church for a while, back in church, reading scripture, we would pray together, and it was just this moment, driving here, she's asleep, and I hear... Stephen, what are you doing? And I was like, a little bit freaked out. I'm like, what? is God talking to me? And then I was like, I didn't hear any outside like voices. Stephen, what are you doing? That's the best God I got. But it was like in here, in here. I was, like, I felt this. I was like, it was conversation. I wasn't just talking to myself. And I'm like, I'm, I'm driving down the road. I'm going through life. I'm, I'm fine. Are you happy? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm happily married. I'm happy with that. I'm a happy person. But I, know what, I was like, I knew what you mean. I mean, I'm, I'm doing everything I want to do. I mean, I'm in management and retail and a music store, DJing. I love I that, that nightlife. I was into all that. I'm like, yeah, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm happy, but I'm not fulfilled. I mean, I'm not that. I'm not that. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's like, I'm happy, but I'm not fulfilling a purpose. There's a hole. And it's, I mean, it was like this are you ready for me to do what I want to do in your life? And I was at this point where I was so ready, it was immediately like, yeah, I don't have to think about it. Yes, I'm ready. Unlike Jonah, remember the first time Jonah was like, no, I'm not going there. I was like, yes, I'm ready. And immediately I knew what I was supposed to be doing. He answered my mamaw's prayers. I was supposed to be a preacher. I was supposed to work with young people. And I woke up my wife and I said, do you ever feel like you're... Not doing something you're supposed to be doing. You imagine your husband waking you up, or your, or your, or your anybody waking you up and asking you that question. She's like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "I really feel like God's calling me into ministry as a vocation, like as an occupation." She's like, "Oh, I knew that.
1: <laughs>
0: Why didn't you tell me?
1: <laughs> Why didn't you tell
0: me?" We had a lot of those moments. So it's just like that was like four years into our marriage. It's 29 years this year we've been married. It's like over these 29 years, I've had a lot of those. I really feel like this. And he's like, oh, yeah, I already knew that. I'm like, why don't you tell me these things? She says, because you don't listen to me, but you listen to God. And I'm like, okay, okay. So, you know, I was like, just not following God's direction, because I had so many other things in my life I wanted to do. What are, what are some things that might keep you, well, that might keep someone from following God's direction? You don't have to make it real personal, but what are some, some things that keep others, keep people from following God's direction in life?
1: Okay,
0: Scared of change. Fear of change, that's a big one, and you said what? Addiction. addiction. yeah. All kinds of things. Be, yeah, you, that can go anywhere with addiction, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other things, yes, sir? Lack of, faith. Sure. lack of faith. yeah, that would keep you from following God's direction if you have lack of faith. Yes, what else?
1: Sometimes family.
0: Family, absolutely. Yeah, I had the opportunity, and now that I've been doing this for 21 years, in some capacity or another, um, a number of times I've had young people who just felt like God was leading them to do something, and their family was against it. It's always kind of baffled my mind. My family was trying to get me to do something I didn't want to do for God. Uh, yeah, so that that does happen. Anything else before we kind of dig a little deeper here? Pride. Pride, absolutely. Yes. Anxiousness. Anxiousness? Yeah, yeah, We get anxious. Like there's nerve. Like I don't really know. I'm nervous about it. Get anxious. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, these are all things that might keep us from following God's direction. So, we're in the story of Jonah. This is the prophet of God. And God had said, Go down to Nineveh. And Jonah said, Nope, <laughs> not going that way. He actually got on a boat going the opposite direction, 2,500 miles the other direction. And you know, we have found out there's always a boat going the opposite way that God's calling you to go. So he goes to the, you know, he wants him to go to Nineveh. This is the capital of the Assyrian Empire. The Assyrian Empire, these are very vicious. They're, they're, um, they're ruthless in the way they, they would go in and take over towns and cities. They were conquerors. It was very barbaric the way they treated the people they conquered. Well, they killed them, basically. But they tortured them as they killed them. And he says, This is where I want you to go, Jonah. And Jonah's like, I don't want to go there. I don't, I don't like those people. Nobody likes those people. They're the evil empire. And they're, they're, they're no. We, they're going they would kill me if i go there and god says i want you to go so he goes the opposite direction and jonah runs and god says i'm going to stay with you it's is too important of a mission for me just to let you go you can go it's your choice you can go where you want to i'm going to stay with you though and as god stays with him they sends a storm that comes the storm the, the sailors on the boat throw jonah overboard because jonah tells them to like, he's like, I'm, the, I'm at fault here. It's my fault we're having a storm. Throw me overboard. They throw him overboard. And then there's the storm stops. This is, like to me, like the coolest part of the story. The storm stops, and the sailors, who aren't, aren't believers in Yahweh, the, the Hebrew God, begin to worship Yahweh, the Hebrew God. It's like, oh, he stops the storm. Let's worship him. And they actually turn to God and worship there, too. And then in the water, God prepares this great fish. And the great fish swallows Jonah. Jonah's in the belly of the fish, and from the belly of the fish, he prays. He's like, I'm as good as dead. I'm, I'm, I'm basically in the pit of hell here. And he cries out to God in prayer, and he repents. And then Jonah chapter 2, which we did last week, ended with, him, with, with the, the storyteller saying, God told the fish to, to vomit Jonah out on the beach. Now, I love the beach. But i got to think of many different ways, better ways to get there than to go in the of a fish that's going to vomit me out on the beach right there. So Jonah chapter 3 we're going to dig into with this big idea. When we go with God, he will do more than we ever imagined. When we go with God, he will do more than we ever imagined. The first thought on that I just kind of want to spend some time in it, is this. God gives second chances to everyone. He gives, God gives second chances to everyone. One of, the thing, one of the people that's got a second chance, and I love football, I love the NFL, and I love the New Orleans Saints. Who that? And somebody that got a second chance in the NFL was Drew Brees. Drew Brees, because it was December 31st, 2005. This was 14 years ago when the, the San Diego Chargers, who aren't in San Diego anymore, were gonna play, were actually playing the Denver Broncos. And that's the day Drew Brees got injured. He got injured. What a way to end the year, December 31st, and end all he thought, end of career, end of this season for sure. And he, was, he got this shoulder injury in that game, and he writes in his book called Coming Back Stronger, um, there was a chance I would never play in the NFL again. I was knocked down. My future was uncertain. I ha- had I played my final game, was my career over? This injury was the worst thing that could possibly happen, or so I thought. And then the book tells the story of how that happened and then how he ended up going to the Saints and through the year, the, the winning of the Super Bowl. That's how I have the book in. So we need to, like, update. We need a Super Bowl win this year so we can update that. We can write another book, right? So the 10 years in between, they're coming back stronger the next decade, something like that. But here's the thing. Talk about coming back stronger and having a second chance. He went from, I may not ever be able to play again with his shoulder injury, to in a teams in the NFL going, there's no way we're going to look at this guy because of this injury, to today he holds records for career pass completions. He holds records for career passing yards. He's passed for over 5,000 yards five times, and no other quarterback has done it more than once, plus the Super Bowl ring he's got from, from a little while back. plus he's having a great year this year, so up until last week, by the way. But. Maybe I'll turn around. So we say, he got a second chance. It's awesome. Have you ever received a second chance? And, you know, you know just think, keep that in mind. Like, I've received a second chance. I've received third chances, four chances. Like I said, I've been married 29 years. Trust me, I've been given lots of chances <laughs> because my wife is full of grace. Thank the Lord for that. So it says that the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. That's how this chapter kind of starts off. The Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Now, I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but this chapter, there's so many words, if you look back at the Hebrew language, it just they just jump out at you. And so I want to share a few of those that just caught me today. Hopefully they'll, they'll mean something to you too. Because in this one, at the very beginning, it says this second time or again. It, it actually means again. It's the word Shine. Let me hear you say Shine. Y'all know I like the word shiny, right? I like I like <laughs> that's one of my favorite words. And I saw this, I'm like. Oh, that's got to be my word. It means again and again. It's like repeatedly. He came a second time again. The one who did not deserve a second chance from God, this is Jonah, a prophet of God who just said, nope, I'm not going to do what you want to do, God. I'm going the other way, receives a second chance from God. And I know people who won't give anybody a second chance. And if I'm being honest, there are times when, when I, I struggle with that. There are times when I, I struggle with giving someone a second chance as well. But God is the God of second chances. He's the God of Shine. He's the God of again, again. Not just second, but sometimes third, sometimes fourth, sometimes way more. So you may have never said yes to God. And he's coming to you again today, Shine. He's coming again today. He said, hey, I'm I'm not going anywhere. You didn't come to me when I called to you before, but, but here I am. And I'm calling to you. Or maybe you're like Jonah. You know God, but you got on a boat going the opposite direction. And you've been going the opposite direction for a little bit of time now. And God is coming to you again, Shine. And he's saying, don't you want to go my way? Don't you want to go with me? Don't you want to go my way? And I love that the story is, is God gives Jonah a second chance to go his way. And God is going to end up giving the same second chance to the entire city of Nineveh. And Jonah, and, he has, he's, and he's right, they don't deserve that. Remember how brutal they were when they took over towns? I mean, how they raped and how they killed and tortured and then murdered and stacked your skulls up in a pyramid on the outside of the town to say this is our town. They don't deserve this, but God offers a second chance even when we don't deserve it. Even when we don't deserve it. And that's that's the part where sometimes we don't like. <laughs> We don't like that. We like it for us, but not necessarily for others, especially when they're, they're, they've hurt us or hurt somebody we love. And this is probably what happened to Jonah. They had hurt people he loved. They don't deserve it. And well, this is Jonah's story. He had a hard time accepting this. And so we have sometimes our own way of, of dealing with this for ourselves. Like we feel like maybe we've got some stuff we don't deserve it, but God does something for us. Um, Zach, come up here real quick and help me out. He's worried. Don't worry. Just, just hold it. All you have to do is hold this. You can even cover up your face. We won't, we won't worry. All right, here's what we do. I have some, some friends, I actually have in my family, other people besides my dad who are pastors. Some of them pastor and, well, it's funny because it's, it's different um, doctrines or theologies. So sometimes it's the conversation's interesting and they'll kind of get into, well, we believe it this way and you believe it that way. And it's usually in the family it stays kind of lightened until somebody actually gets their feelings hurt. But there's one that my one of my uncles said, and he's like, you guys just believe that God's got a marker. He's marking down all your sin. Then you can say a prayer, and he's got an eraser, but he's just waiting to mark it again. And uh, a, part, a part of me was like, man, I don't, I don't like the way you put that. Because God's. I don't think God is making the marks. I think we make the marks. When we sin, which is a word a lot of times we don't use in our culture anymore, but when we miss the mark, when we fail to live according to God's plan, which is the definition for sin, by the way, when we willfully transgress what we know God wants us to do, we sin, we have marks, and we get marked up. And a lot of times we look at ourselves, we look at our own life, and we just see marks. And it's not God keeping track of us, it's us. We kind of, in a way, keep track of our own. And we can sometimes it keeps people from coming to church. They might watch it online. Thanks for watching online, by the way, that you guys have joined us on Facebook Live this morning. But a lot of times it'll keep us from coming because we feel like, well, I've just got too much. I got too many marks. Until finally we got, I want the marks gone. We come, we say a prayer, and and we believe. Well, God erases the marks, and we're good. The thing is, God does want to erase the marks. He's not just watching you to, to make a mark, erase it, make a mark, erase it. We are making the marks. He's just there with this eraser the whole time going, I want to give you this. I want to give you a clean slate. This is what God does for us. He gives us a clean slate. When we come before him marked up with sin, with, with you know, our doubts, our skepticism, our, you know, all that stuff, the junk we have, and we just come, we bring it, and he's okay with us having it. He just says, I want to give you a clean slate. And that's what Jesus is. Jesus, Jesus is our clean slate. That was kind of one of the points of the crucifixion, was to give us a clean slate that we don't have to like think all that God's up here just waiting for us to mess up. God's like, I've given you a clean slate. You're probably going to mess up. You don't have to mark it up. I want you to, I want you to see yourself like this it's in Christ, this is how I see you. This is how I see you. Exactly. Zach. Give Zach a minute so i hope that that helps a little bit because for me it's like sometimes i need to see something to really grasp it and and for me that whole getting marked up and getting a clean slate thing is challenging until i realize god's not marking me up i'm doing that myself he wants to give me a clean slate in jesus because god gives second chances to everyone but you have to choose to accept your second chances I mean, there's that free. We have the free will to not choose our second chance, and in order to move forward with all of this, there may be some things you need to let go of. And when we let go, you can move forward. When you let go, you can move forward. I have three boys. Um, what they've all now learned to walk. Thank the Lord. <laughs> I've been body trained. Thank the Lord, but. Um, I uh, remember our, our, our specifically kind of each one, how they learned to walk. And our middle one who's nine years old, Jericho, when he was learning to walk, he was, he was like really early on doing everything quick and faster than was like on the schedule. And he was like up and walking way before you thought he would be. But he was like, in order to walk, he would grab a hold of a chair like you do, but he never would let go of that chair. And he would try to walk. And hold on to the chair and he couldn't go anywhere. Finally he figured out if he got one of the little toy, little little, little toddler chairs and did it, he could push it on. So he looked like a little old man, you know, that has got the the little you know, walker and he's pushing it along and he he would go a little bit, but he couldn't go far. What he finally learned was in order to walk and get where he needed to go, to really get going, he had to let go. He had to let go of what he was holding on to. And I think that's the way it is a lot of times with us. Is there anything you need to let go of in order to move forward? Because God says to Jonah, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver this message I've given you. And the word go here is actually, it's actually two words in, when you look at it in Hebrew. Yalak kwam." You want to say that? Yalak kwam." Yalak quam. That's pretty good. You guys got it. Um, it. They literally put together it means go now. Not just go, but go now. When God's direction is go, the time is now. That's what it means. Get up and yalak kwam. Go now. Nineveh was huge. Population in its uh, history shows us of 120,000 plus. It even I think says it even in the scripture here. Plus animals. They make sure we get that. 120,000 plus all of the animals that are there. It's surrounded by a wall that's like seven and a half miles long all the way around. That's a pretty big city. It says it would take you three days to walk through the city of Nineveh. It's a, it's a, it's a fortress. It's a cultural epicenter of their, of, of their world. Kind of like Natchitoches that's a joke, that's a joke. <laughs> but there was a fortress and God says go now it's a fortress why do you mean go now but okay this is what, what Jonah did with his second chance this time verse 3 Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh this time God came to Jonah again Shanae, and Jonah said yes God you say go I'll go you say speak I'll speak you say it I'll do it Jonah entered the city. When he entered the city, verse 4, two Hebrew words here, khalo, bow. Khalo means begin or started. Bow means enter or into. But when you take these two together, it actually means to untie or let go in order to move forward, in order to take your next step so you can advance. So in order for Jonah to move forward, he had to release what he was holding on to. You may have to release something in order to grab hold of what God has for you. There may be something you have to just release. You may have to let go of in order to grab hold of what God really has for you. Jonah had to release. He had some, he had some issues, some prejudice. I don't want to go there because all those people are evil and wicked. And I have a right to hate those people. He had those prejudices. And we would look at the story and historically, well, it probably justified. But he also had a lot of selfishness. God says to do this. I don't want to do that. I'm going to do my own thing. So Jonah says, God, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what you want no matter what now. No matter what now, I'm going to do what you want. Now, for me, Steve, I like to be in control. Anybody relate? I mean, I like to be in control, right? And um, it, if I don't release my grip on this, whatever this is, relationships, church planting, um, you know, uh, whatever it is, if I don't really, like, release my grip on it, it'll never become what God intends. So what is it that maybe you're holding on to that unless you release your grip on it, it'll never become what God intends? Maybe you're going to have to let it go. So can you imagine Jonah? He's got this message from God, and he's, he's taking it to the streets, and he's like, I've got to preach this message, and I'll make sure these people hear. They're violent they're evil, they're wicked, they don't like my type, they're probably going to kill me but I'll preach and I've got my three point sermon and I'm going to preach and he's like, I just think of Jonah walking in there and he's like you guys are mean, stop it yeah. point number one, <laughs> stop being mean point number two come on y'all, be happy be happy and point number three whatever it is you're worried about, stop it don't worry don't worry, stop being mean, don't worry, be happy. Bobby McFerrin, you know, key, cue the song, Don't Worry, Be Happy comes on. And he's like, you know, don't worry, be happy. The point is that Jonah's going out of his comfort zone. He's going way out of his comfort zone, following where God's leading him to go. He has every right to be scared, but he's letting that go. He's letting his fear go. And he's walking in, and he preaches what God tells him to preach. And actually, we have the message. It's eight words in English. He goes in and preaches this message. Forty days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. Eight word message, straight to the point, short and sweet and very offensive. Very offensive. The Hebrew word for destroyed is the word hibok. Let I me mean, hear you say hibok. This doesn't mean just destroyed though, it's the same word means changed. Same, same word means changed. The message is 40 days from now, you'll be destroyed or you'll be changed. You'll be destroyed or changed. It's more than a proclamation of judgment on an evil empire. God says to them, I'm bringing you a Shine. I'm bringing you a second chance. A second chance. I'm coming to you again. God isn't out to get you. Maybe you like feel like, man, I'm one of those Ninevites. Not, not literally doing all this stuff, but I feel like that I'm that bad of a person. God wants to change you for the better. That's like that's part of the, this good news. This thing—it's not just to change you to go like—but so you will be better, a better human being, because it's really what it's about: being a better human, made in the likeness of Christ, made in the likeness of God. Is there anything you need to let go of so you can move forward? Is there a place where God's desire is to change you for the better? Because God gives second chances to everyone, no matter who you are, in this room or, or watching the feed. God gives you a second chance. And no one is too far to come home. No one is too far from God to, to, come, to, not, to, to come home. You can come home. Verse 5 says, The people of Nineveh believe God's message. Now the first hearers of this story, the, people, the, the Hebrew people of Jonah, who would have heard this story being told, and when, it's, when they get to this part, the people of Nineveh, Nineveh believe the message of our God, Yahweh. The response would have been, What?! you making this up what no way it does it, and it says it says it doesn't say they, they believe Jonah right it says they believe God they believe God this is how you know, currently we talked a little bit about Kanye West before and his becoming a Christian and currently a lot of people are like what no that can't happen you know and a few years ago the same thing similar thing um, there's a serial killer named Jeffrey Dahmer perhaps you've heard of Jeffrey Dahmer I was, I was there for the whole, the whole thing in front of us on TV. And the report was, he prayed and accepted Christ before he died. And everybody was like, what? No, what? no, the guy he ate people? He ate humans? No, no, that, that can't happen. Why do we say God can do anything until he does? Because he does. He wants to redeem everyone. And we may think, like Jonah, they don't deserve it. Nah, that's not up to us, because I don't deserve it either. Well, I haven't done anything that bad, but man, I've done some stuff, trust me. We can say that God can do anything with faith that he can and he will. The people of Nineveh fasted. That means they, they went without eating, but they also went without drinking. Thus, the king said a fast. No eating, no drinking. Uh, so, so, we, so we can you know, turn this around now fasting was an ancient way of showing humility of showing um, repentance of seeking, uh, uh, seeking to hear from God people would, would have these fasts and they put on sackcloth or burlap and, and it says burlap but it was actually made of goat's hair and it's this rough uh, fabric and it, it felt really bad and they, uh, they, they, it was itchy and they, they, they put ashes on themselves and all this was just symbolic of man we don't, We don't. We might as well be dead. We're grieving here. Sackcloth and ashes: continual reminders that they needed to stay turned to God. We need continual. We need continual reminders to stay turned to God. We need something. That's why I love about um, one of the things about weekly worship gatherings. Usually, for some of us, it's a it's a it's a weekly regular reminder to stay turned to God. It was time for these people to stop doing what they were doing in Nineveh. And God, it was time for them to do what God wanted them to do. And even the king of Nineveh did this. This is what made it like over the top. He made this royal proclamation. No one will eat or drink. Not even your animals. We even include the animals in this. That's how serious it is. Everyone pray. Stop the hate. Let our violence end. Anyone who knows uh, anything about this, maybe this God will change his mind. Spare us. Sometimes we have to stop what we're doing so we can start doing what God wants us to do. So when God saw what they had done, verse 10, how they had stopped their evil ways, God changed his mind and did not carry out his destruction. And the original hearers of this message again. What? God changed his mind? He don't do that. Jonah comes with this message and the people who are the furthest from God and he says we want you to turn, repent and they say we're going to turn to God and God is home that home you know what home is you get a, that feeling of home sometimes home isn't we talk about church isn't a place it's, it's, it's the people well home is a feeling and it can be attached to a place but a lot of times it's not a lot of times it's attached to the people that have been in that place or in those places. And God is home. He is that that's that feeling you get of, of just being at home. And no one is too far from God to come home. Sometimes, and this story shows it, sometimes it's those who are farthest that are farthest from God that are actually the closest. Because God is right there trying to get their attention in a way that's only he can do. So because God is pursuing you with love and compassion and life and light, God is pursuing you, and it's not, he's not pursuing you to make marks on your record. He's pursuing you with love and light and compassion and hope because he wants to give it to you. So the people of Nineveh repent, uh, repent, and God brought forgiveness, and all because Jonah said yes to God's mission of reconciliation. He said, yes, God's given you this mission of reconciliation. Now we're going to see next week, he, he really got mad that God <laughs> forgave him. We'll talk about that. But here, in this moment, we can see God gives the forgiveness, because Jonah took the message to the streets. But history's going to show that Nineveh's repentance didn't last very long, and actually a little while later, the city, the city did actually fall and was destroyed. Uh, but in this point, at this point, we see God's grace. God's grace. So when we go with God, He will do more than we ever imagined. Because Jonah, chapter 4, is going to show us, he never imagined God really would forgive these people, but He did. The question is are you ready for God to do what He wants to do in your life? So, what's your next step? Well, all through this little series going through Jonah, we've been talking about prayer. And your next step and I you know I'm going to give you a whole, do these steps and you'll be just fine. But I would suggest to you a great next step is is prayer again to pray. And maybe specifically as you pray ask God this question, what second chance are you giving me? Where have I gone got on the boat going the opposite direction? Where are you you're coming to me again? Where is this? You probably know as soon as you say the prayer you're like me, I immediately knew i was supposed to go to Bid America Christian University in Oklahoma City and get a degree in pastoral ministry and Bible, and that's what happens. What second chance are you giving me? Or maybe your prayer is just simply, God, what do you want to do in my life? What do you want to do in my life? Let's pray. Lord. Thank you that you are a God who gives second chances and third and fourth and more than that. Thank you that when we come to you with this question and what some of us in this, in this place or, or even online or are just praying this right now, like, God, what second chance are you give me? And I thank you, Lord, that you're not holding back with that. We're asking you, Lord, where do we need to follow you more closely? Where have we gone the opposite direction? And Lord, as you reveal that to us, Lord, we want to repent. We want to turn to you and go your way. And it may not be easy. We may feel like we're justified in some of our thoughts about where we're at. But Lord, we want to go your way instead because your way is life and it's light. Your way is, is always, it's always the way of light and life because you love us the way you do. We thank you that you do bring us to a victory again and again. You do, you, you've done it before, you'll do it again and we thank you Lord that you just come in all that you are all who you are and you just come and spend time with us and as we spend time with you Lord we can enter into this, this prayer of asking you God to show us and give us direction Lord maybe we've not even maybe some of us have not even made that that are made you our god yet maybe we have like a i kind of believe or i'm kind of questioning this and maybe our next step is just to pray god I, I believe right now that you're giving me you're coming to me again asking me to follow you but i pray that today would be the day that anyone who's at that place would say yes i'm going to follow you god and i thank you that through jesus christ i can Thank you, Lord, that that's my story. story for so many of us in here. So now as we, as we prepare to leave this place in just a minute, Lord, may we just, just recognize, Lord, we're not to be dismissed from your presence, but to walk with you completely and fully. So Lord, bring your fullness to us. And may we bring ourselves fully to you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.